0: Hey, Steph. Hey, Chad.
1: Hey, I'm a Chad, but not like one of those annoying Brads or Chads or hanging Chads. I am a genuine Chad, and I'm your host of Mission Daily. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. I guess I am a co-host. We're we're co-hosting this daily podcast for you to help improve your life, bring a little brevity in the midst of all this madness. You can text us at 833-308-0863. Whether you have a question, comment, or just sharing a win from the week, we want to hear from you.
0: But don't be crazy.
1: Yeah, don't be crazy on there.
0: <laughs> Only nice.
1: Or do, if it's uh, crazy in a funny way. Yeah, it
0: might be kind of funny.
1: We want to hear from you. And if you're new to the show, smash subscribe, head over to mission.org, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for executives and entrepreneurs. And now, Steph, what Onto time is it? On to the show. On the show. Hey there. Hello. Good to see you, Steph.
0: Good to see you, too. I was trying to think of a well-reasoned critique, but nothing came to mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well-reasoned critiques are hard. There's a reason why they don't just jump into our minds, I think. It's yeah. typically the stuff that's petty or, oh, this is bothering me or, oh, bothering me, or that's bothering me. That, that jumps is what into was your coming mind to mind. <laughs> first, yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> Can you please pick up your socks? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs>
1: And meanwhile, you're the one that leaves <laughs> I know. their socks. that's what was funny. <laughs> everywhere, that is funny because I just put them in the laundry. I know. Uh, ben today. <laughs> so well-reasoned critiques are difficult, but they can be worth their weight in gold almost. So well-reasoning around something that could be improved is obviously a landmine. It's, or it's, there's like landmines all around when you start to do this. You're walking into- A a field of landmines. Yep. There you go. Took a while. Tiptoeing. And you have to tiptoe around to get better at creating these because we've all attempted to offer feedback to someone only to have it blow up in our faces. We've all held back feedback because we think it's going to offend or blow up in our faces. Yep. And we have to get past these ideas and to a place where we can offer real feedback to people. And that's what I want in my life. And I don't want to be surrounded by people that can't give me feedback. And I certainly don't want to not be able to give feedback to others, right?
0: Yeah. I think the second you learn how to take feedback in your own life and not get offended, not let your ego get damaged, that's the moment also when you can provide feedback better as well, because you know how it feels, you know, like, oh, this triggered me. This didn't, this made me upset. This didn't. And then you kind of know how to go about that landmine field.
1: Yeah. And I think the first step too is whenever you're getting any type of feedback or analysis or commentary from others, just start to think about what you've received recently, how it's made you feel. And in the cases where it does trigger you, go all the way back to try to find the core wound. What are you scared of? what happened that kind of mirrors the present situation or the feedback but until you really figure out how to hear other people without slipping into cognitive dissonance getting triggered you know going back to all the other times in your life where you got feedback you can't get thrown into the past but getting out of this mentality i think is it's really like the ultimate challenge towards collaboration, intimacy, all those things.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how do you, I mean, it sounds easy. Like, oh, see yourself getting triggered and look at the past, figure out why, and it's then not. move forward. Like, how, how would I actually go about that today? Like, taking feedback or this week or something, like, what are the next steps to make sure that I'm receiving and hearing feedback, even if it's said in an incorrect way or said in a way that could be upsetting? Like, what should I be doing
1: I think that looking outside yourself is key here because it's hard for a reason. If you're stuck in the past or if you're getting triggered by feedback or even well-reasoned critiques, you're going to have to get outside yourself. You're going to have to look to other people to be there when you're getting the feedback or people who can corroborate your story or present a different reality that maybe you didn't see that you were unable to see. Without that type of outside perspective, I think it's really, really hard. So if it's just two people that are going back and forth, stuck in their typical communication patterns, it's going to be very difficult, difficult to kind of like shock them out of it, or it's going to be a challenge for either one to kind of like level up their communication. It's not until you start to get in these like communication triangles or group settings that you can have really Accurate and objective feedback on what was happening, how you were reacting, your facial muscles, how you were expressing, you know, discomfort or displeasure at the person who was giving you feedback. There's so many different variables there that you can't see until you get in, into kind of like a group setting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea of kind of getting outside of your body is how I'm thinking about it. I, there was this book I read called Wherever You Go, There You Are. And they had a really good, um, like way they depicted how to get above yourself and kind of look down at your body as if like you're the spirit floating above it and you see um, the ideas that you're thinking. So it's all about like clearing your head of like the thousands of ideas and thoughts you have every day, kind of going in and then actually going out and you're just watching from above and you're not judging. You're not like judging yourself or why you're thinking about that. You're just kind of watching it and just observing. And that's kind of what I think is helpful when like getting feedback is observing yourself and not judging and being like, oh, that kind of hurt. Oh, like that didn't feel good or that did feel good. Or I liked the way they approached it, but not judging you or the person giving it and just kind of observing. So then you can learn for the future.
1: That's so important. And what you're talking about is basically like going into the third person Mm -hmm. to get a more objective analysis. And one of the ways that you can do this with self-talk is to use your name and then the feeling or what's going on. So try if you notice this happening in terms of getting feedback or you're about to give feedback and you start to get into that cycle with someone, try slipping into the third person and narrating it with your name. This is something that's really useful. And a lot of different therapists use this. So just say like, you know, Chad's feeling attacked because he's getting, he's hearing that something he did was bad. Mm -hmm. Like let's just really simplify it to that. And then notice like, okay, Chad's feeling this way, blah, blah, blah. And it really gives yourself that distance where number one, it starts to sound ridiculous and you can't get too upset or too triggered if you're labeling how you're feeling as it's happening. So the more you can kind of go into the third person in those moments that you otherwise might slip into the past or dissociate or, you know, respond out of instinct, you can kind of go beyond that and try to get to that third person state.
0: I think I would start bursting out laughing if I thought of like was thinking like Stephanie's feeling sad, (laughs) Stephanie's mad. I don't think I could stay that serious, Um, you know, kind of labeling like here's the emotions that are coming up. And then it also would probably help it pass as well when you kind of recognize it and then like let it go.
1: Yeah. And or bring it up during the uh, critique, right? If there's an opportunity in conversation, you can bring it up. And here I think is where we get into interesting territory because it is an art of delivery and performance and you know, delivering a well-reasoned critique that lands mm-hmm. is something completely different from just delivering something that's like clever, right? I was just or, gonna ask that. Like yeah. how
0: would someone, I mean, if I'm working on myself when it comes to receiving critiques and giving them, knowing that the people I might be interacting with are not doing the same maybe, like how would you go about crafting a, what is well-reasoned?
1: I think it's just, you know, because you've either done your homework or done the best that you can in terms of analyzing what's going on, and you have to weigh things like you know different types of social capital and like okay, is it now the right time to say things? The situation, uh, the state of the other person—are they? Is this a time that they're going to be receptive? Because often there are this kind, there's this kind of push pull in between us where we care about somebody but the costs of delivering a critique that lands poorly mm-hmm. are so high that we think, okay, let's just keep things the same. We don't want to like upset the status quo. We don't want to have uh, something land poorly and that person get really upset. Yep. And that's typically the thought process that occurs when the other person really isn't doing much to, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a really, really big challenge for all of us. And I think that. Ultimately, I would fall in the camp of being as careful with your words as you can, but also being uh, just matter of fact and being direct about it, and try to do that in the presence of other people. I think that when you try to just have a one-on-one conversation or you know critique and not critique yourself, not use separate self-deprecating you know you know humor or whatever to kind of like lighten the mood beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these are all things that I think about that are just critical to having a fruitful conversation. But generally, in the presence of more people, try to like do this in a group setting. Your critique has a much higher potential of landing and being beneficial to everyone. If it's in a group setting where others are, it's like, okay, this is kind of like the time for critiques. It's, it's the time, place, the set and setting are right, and all the minds are kind of like primed to like let's give each other feedback. Yep. So.
0: Yeah, I also found an interesting article from Georgetown back in 1999. Charles King wrote this, it's called How to Think. Uh, we'll have to link it up because it's really very interesting about like why um, arguing and critiquing comes naturally to us, and but like what makes a good argument or critique, and it kind of goes through the different types of conversation. It's very interesting. We'll have to link it up. Maybe we'll have to do a part two of this episode where we kind of go through this article. Let's
1: do it. To everyone listening, we'll see you next time. And remember, well-reasoned critiques are worth their weight in gold. Be very careful in constructing yours, delivering it, and the follow-through.
0: Love it. See you next time.
1: See you next time. Hey, everyone. It's Chad again. And this work and all of our podcasts in the mission.org network are brought to you by our studios. Head over to mission.org studios and learn why some of the best enterprises in the world trust us to create original branded content that gets results. If you need original content or marketing campaigns for your business or enterprise, we have you covered. Head over to mission.org studios to learn more or click the link in the show notes. We'll see you there.